to Rookie Designer. My name is Jake Van Ness from Graphic Precision, and I'm here with a special guest today as a co-host, Tawny from Endeavor Creative. How are you doing, Tawny? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you, Jake? Good. Good. So it's awesome to have you back. Um, we had you a couple episodes ago as an interview about your new book. How's that going? How's the book going? Yeah. Yeah. Like well... You- yeah, it's good. You know, to be honest, I haven't had time to do much promotion for it. Oh, so that's right. on the list of things to do. That's the thing yes. about writing a book. You take all this time to write it, design it. Then you actually have to go out and sell it. So somewhere along the line, I have to find time to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just so people know, it, it's basically it's a book about how to attract your ideal clients. And we We'll definitely have a link in the show notes to find that book, and I highly recommend that you check it out. But we'll also have a link to the episode where we interviewed Tawny about that book and what it's about. So we'll definitely have a link to that show notes. The show notes are actually found at rookiedesigner.com slash rd174. Make sure that's right. I think we're on episode 174. Sorry, 173. We're actually on a 173. <laughs> So, this is episode 173. I make sure I say that a couple times so people remember. So, let's get started. We'll start with design news. So, the piece of design news that I have is kind of interesting. It has to do with Coca-Cola. Now, they say this is a brand new redesign, but I'm not sure I agree with that. Basically, what it is, is they have taken the label, the real bright red label that they use on their iconic bottles and on their iconic cans and they've decided to use that same red for their zero product which is zero sugar now typically those would be in black and have a black label and i was like i thought that made sense because they were kind of differentiating between the full sugar version the zero sugar version and then they had the green one which was the sugar cane version well, now they're coming out with these red labels, and the only difference is like a black stripe at the top that says zero sugar. Yeah. I don't know how that qualifies as a redesign. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it's it's interesting because um, I read that they want people to try Coke Zero, and that somehow they want people to feel that it's basically the same product, that there's no difference between them. And I just feel like that's sort of a trick, isn't it? Like, <laughs> they're just trying to trick people to get the wrong bottle. We, we do all <laughs> this stuff as designers to make sure that there's no brand confusion. Right. But yet they're causing brand confusion within their brand by using the same iconic label with just a small indicator that says, hey, right. this is a different product. It's really unclear. And what if you're, what if you have health problems and you're not supposed to have sugar? Like, what if you have a... You know, yeah, and well, you get used to the red labels and you accidentally grab the one wrong one. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. I was thinking about it the other way. It's kind of like not – and I don't think it's being malicious. I just think it's – I think they are trying to blur the lines, but I don't think they're really being malicious. But I had thought no. about it like, yeah, you want somebody to accidentally pick up a zero and go, <laughs> oh, wow, that was actually pretty good. But you're right. You have that other concern the other way where somebody might – pick up the original version and say, oh, I'm not supposed to have sugar, and then all of a sudden they drink sugar by mistake. So I, I yeah, think it's I really weird that. that first they call this a redesign, which is not a redesign. They're using the same design as the iconic I label. Know. Have you seen the um, the case study on the Evernote redesign? No, I haven't. I actually, I haven't, sorry, I have seen it, but I haven't read it yet. I saw that pop up when I was doing search. Yeah, so there's a a really nice piece on Medium about that. And usually, like, when those, especially those online brands that we are all familiar with, whenever they tweak their logo, people sort of freak out. Of course. I know, I do. I freak out. I'm one of those people. (laughs) And I get used to it, and I'm okay. But I loved the story. I loved how they approached it. And I loved the collaboration between the company and their design firm. I just think they nailed it. So I thought that was, hey, that was a really good example of a, of a brand refresh that actually went really well. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And, and I'll put that – I know the article's out there. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes because you're right. There's a lot of brands that do refresh or redesign, and it's, it's basically a, a plain 
falling out of the sky. It's it's disastrous. I know. Like when I lost crazy. my mind when Instagram changed their icon. I just I couldn't. <laughs> I'm still not over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's a perfect example. But but I think that I have a lot of appreciation for brands that will stick to it, even though it seems like the yeah. world absolutely hates it. Because now well, we're all used to it. Nobody likes change, and there's always a piece of it that you know. Yeah, once we get used to it, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll put that in the show notes too, so people can check that out. So what what do you have for design news? So design news. So there's this headline on the Forbes um, website: How one millennial graphic designer built a business that broke two million. And so it's the story about Melissa Griffin, which I don't know if you have heard of her. I but, hadn't until I saw this article. So. Yeah, so she's somebody that I've actually followed for a long time, but she started out blogging um, sort of as a side hustle, and she wanted to start a graphic design company, which she did, and she used blogging as a way to find her clients. She was living in Japan, I think, at the time. She had been teaching English there, and she was transitioning into doing the design thing and the blogging thing. And her blog really took off and she had grew a really big community and pretty soon she started teaching other people how to do the blogging thing and to do what she was doing and it sort of went from there and now she has this empire, right? She's selling info products and trainings and courses and things like that. So it's really impressive. She's just a one person show. And yeah, it, it started it, out kind of where we all are, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what I found interesting about that. First of all, because it was, like we talked about, a clickbait headline. Right. Because she, while she is a graphic designer, and obviously she designs her products, her info products and stuff like that. So, yeah, she is a designer. But I don't feel that she made $2 million by... By being a graphic doing, designer. By being a graphic she designer. That, she did it. She did it. You can't. And I, and I think that's something to be careful with you. Obviously, you can do that. But I just think that was a very misleading headline to say, oh, I think she's it's hard. a designer. I think it's hard to crack a, crack a million if you're just a one-person show selling graphic design services. Yeah. So I think that's – so I think it's interesting to think about, though, because the things that she was doing to attract clients to her business and how she just sort of let that evolve, all that she was learning about marketing, right – to yeah. get those clients, yeah. she just turned that into some that knowledge into something else. So it kind of gives me hope that there's you know some I can maybe do something like that too. That's definitely something I aspire to do. So well, yeah, and I, and that's I think partly where the book came from is that you realize, hey, I've I've struggled through this. I've figured out how I did this, so now I want right. to share that information. Totally. I, she she just basically cashed in on that and said, okay. I built this empire by blogging about my business. Now, I, again, I don't want to take credit away. I'm sure she did a lot of design work for a lot of clients before she went into the info space and decided to do info products because obviously she had yeah. to figure out how that all worked before right. she could put out. And she was blogging about it, so she knew what she was doing, yeah. Which is something that we've talk, we talked about in the interview is that you realize that if you're not – if you're not a parent, if you're not, if your presence isn't known on the internet, you don't exist. So you've realized that you needed to write a lot more and do a lot more blog posts. And that's where I kind of recognized what you were doing to right. make sure that you were more visible online. And that's yeah. what she figured out how to do with her right. blogging. So I, I could see where your, your similarities in the directions that you're going. You realized yeah. that if you don't have that visibility, you don't exist, especially online. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. And, I, and that's something that I'm really struggling with. And, and believe me, Tani, every time I talk to you, you give me something else to put on my to-do list. So, <laughs> which is never a bad thing, but it's like, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm kind of known for. <laughs> so we actually, is that, we'll, we'll stop there with the design news and let's jump into okay. the main subject. And the main subject we're going to talk about, and it's funny because Tani has, has talked to me about this in the past and said, you know, this platform is really good for getting exposure online and really getting your work out there, getting your information out there. And I've always been like, yeah, I don't know. And what that <laughs> platform is, is Pinterest. Yeah. And 
I'm really interested to talk to you about this because I still, while I understand that there's, it's a great platform. I use it more when I, when I, I used it when it first came out. And I used it right. mostly for recipes and cooking and that kind of stuff. But then I kind of was like, I don't see how this works for design. Right. And, and I think part of that is there wasn't a lot of the design community on there yet. And I think that may have changed since I kind of backed off it. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Yeah, I think I think that that's where a lot of a lot of people perceive it that way because we all kind of got on Pinterest when it first came out. It was super fun. All our friends were posting recipes and DIY projects and mason jar crafts and whatever. Yeah. And so that you know, and then everybody it Pinterest changed or people got tired of it and it you know a lot of people just went eh. Nobody is really thinking about it for business. I mean, some people are. But we should probably back up and say that Melissa Griffin used Pinterest to get that traffic to her blog. And then what she did is she created a course about Pinterest to teach other people how to do that. So that's how she made her fortune. That's how she got started. Yeah, I think that's kind of what prompted me to to push for this subject. One, because you were always saying to me, hey, that's an area, especially (laughs) with the podcast, put your podcast imagery up there. And I'm kind of like... Why? Like, it's Why? Pinterest. I didn't understand that. And then when I read that article, I was like, well, okay, obviously she figured out how to make that work. Obviously you have. So that's why yeah. I'm curious, like, how I could take not only my design business, but specifically, like, rookie designer and say, okay, do I put that out there? Do I put it on Pinterest to help drive traffic? Right. So the first thing is that Pinterest is very different from what it used to be. So it's not. Like at first it was kind of like social media where you followed your friends and you got to see what they were pinning. And, but now um, they've completely changed their algorithm and they have what's called the smart feed. So okay. what you see when you go on Pinterest is more like, um, what is it like? It's like, I can't even think of an example of what it's like. But it becomes smart, right? Kind of like Facebook advertising or whatever. Like it becomes smart about what you like, like what you click on, what you're interested in, and it will show you more of that. So it's really tailored to you. Okay. So businesses and brands are using Pinterest, you know, for that reason. So that so there's definitely a progression more toward the business side of things. And bloggers okay. totally get it. Bloggers who are looking to grow an audience and drive traffic to their blogs they get Pinterest. So they're there. Okay. So the thing is, is that there's all different types of niches there, right? So it's not just fashion and recipes. There's a business crowd. Right. So I'm in my own little bubble on Pinterest. It's all about online marketing and design and branding and, you know, content marketing, all of that. And there's a lot of people doing that. And there's a lot of people looking for that content. So the people who are on Pinterest are actually in the mood to learn. They're okay. in the mood to buy. They're looking for solutions to whatever their problems are. And so they are searching for that content. So I've had clients find a, find a pin, follow it to a blog post, write an email. They're a client the next day. I mean... Wow. It doesn't always work like that. I wish it did. But yeah. your clients are there. People looking for, you know, answers to their problems. Like, how do I make my website work? Or how do I design a logo? Or they're they're on Pinterest searching for it. And, and I guess that's that's the thing that surprises me is I didn't realize I knew Pinterest was popular, but I didn't realize that it was so popular among the business community. Oh and yeah. I, and I guess yeah. the same thing happened with Instagram, where all of a sudden businesses got a hold of those eyeballs and realized yep. that they were huge. And I think that's the that's thing right. that I think a lot of people fall short with Pinterest because they don't realize that there are that many eyeballs there. Well, if you think about it from Pinterest's standpoint, it makes sense because they had to figure out how to monetize. So now they're really moving toward... Um, promoted pins and so they want to support brands on Pinterest and they want to teach you how to you know to be competitive in that smart feed and what to do so they they're really supportive of businesses and they want that to only grow it's it's different in that it's not like advertising though right so you can't just put up an ad well that's what I was gonna say is it is it transparent that it's brands 
that are pinning these things? Like, is it very clear that you're seeing a brand pin? It is. So okay. you put your logo on it, okay. and it's, you know, you develop a brand style so that your pins all look like they come from you, and that's how people start to, you know, recognize you on Pinterest. And But the thing is, you can't just say, come and buy my thing, or, you know, it's right. not just right. like a traditional... Like, like a traditional ad, it has to be about the lifestyle or about the problem you're solving. So the topic has to be something, you know, to really, you know, captivate those people. They're there, to, you know, for pleasure and they're there to learn and explore. And so you have to provide content, you know, like if you were, I don't, I don't really understand the whole product world. Right. You know, I work more with services, but say you were, you know, you sell jeans, you wouldn't just say jeans, 50% off. You would right. create like, you know, like a fashion template and a, or a lifestyle shot or something like that. And then it might say shop now at the bottom or and people so, would know to click through. Is it more image heavy as opposed to text heavy? I mean, when you're pinning something, is there a description that goes with that? Yeah. That allows you to start the, the information so that it entices them to continue on to find out the rest of that information? It's primarily visual. Okay. So your visual, your pin is everything because you're competing with every other visual on that site. But there is a text component as well. You have a space to write a description. You can do hashtags. And then you're, now we're starting to talk about the SEO component. So people use Pinterest to search for things. Right. So if you, if you want to get discovered on Pinterest and you're putting pins up, you have to understand how SEO works and what your what content your audience wants and you have to design that content for them and you have to have masterful headlines and beautiful images and all of that so super fun and I think it's really I think designers um, really stand out on that platform so when you upload like I know when, when I first started using Pinterest it seemed like a lot of it was just linking to something and it would automatically grab the images associated with that post. Are you able to upload a custom image to that pin or is it still grabbing the imagery from the link that you're putting up? Or from yeah, it? so it, do, it does, I don't know if it does that. If you grab it from a URL, I don't know if I've ever done that, but I know what you're talking about. Like when you put something in the buffer or right. it'll kind of grab the image. It's different in that you, um, gosh, I've never done it. I don't think I've ever done it that way. So you've always uploaded your own images. You upload, what I do, you can upload your own image, add the URL, add some text, but that's really labor intensive. So what I do is I optimize my blog post. Okay. So I put the pin in my blog post. I use plugins. Um, for social sharing so that those are optimized for sharing on Pinterest. I've got all kinds of things going on. So I just hit a button and then I have a whole workflow just like to get it. I get it on Pinterest that way from my blog post. When you say you put the pin in your, your blog post, is that a specific image that is put in your, your blog post that is formatted for Pinterest? Yep. Yeah. So it's a two to three aspect ratio. So it, okay. they're, they're longer they're vertical. Okay. So I actually put those right in my posts now because people who are Pinterest users will come to my blog post and they'll pin it. So there's a little button on the, on the pins that'll say pin it and they know what to do. So if you're not a Pinterest user, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a big right. graphic in the middle of my blog post. Right. But that's how you get other people sharing it. Yeah. So is that the same? Like I know you have like, the, for example, the stuff you share on Facebook is obviously much more horizontal. Right. Is it is it the same version of that image as a pin? Kind of, yeah. And it's such a pain. I have to just tell you, I I hate that. I hate that there's a different, you know, the featured image and the social media image and the Pinterest image. Like all of these things are different. I even feel like LinkedIn. I'm always worried about putting my stuff on LinkedIn because it always feels a little bit more conservative there. My graphics are kind of tacky or <laughs> they're, they're borderline they're a little borderline come on they're a little borderline tacky they're both they're you're a designer it's supposed to look like that so but i, <laughs> but I know what you mean like yeah linkedin is definitely a more 
business conservative right. type of environment. So that so that brings the question when you create not to get off the topic of Pinterest, but when you create your imagery for all these different platforms, do you have a workflow where you say, okay, I have kind of the way like Spark works and things like that, where you can like resize something in Adobe Spark and it will move things around. Do you actually have templates set up for each of the different platforms? No, I mean, in in a way, yeah, I just have, um, I just have a big document an illustrator that I start okay. with and there's different artboards that are at the correct size. Okay. I have my color palette there, my fonts. I have different sort of background textures that I've created that I can pull. And then I go out and I find like vectors that I can manipulate and, right. you know, so I, I, you know, the thing is I, I didn't want it to be too much of a template. It, it is to a degree cause it has to be branded. I need people to recognize it and all of that. But I was pinning things in the beginning and like nobody clicked on anything ever. Huh. And I thought, what the heck is, so it took me a while to, to figure out Pinterest. And one day I just said, well, I'm a designer. Maybe if I put a little bit more effort into the design, that might be a, a competitive so, advantage. So you think that was the, the big shift is when you yeah. actually started doing a lot totally. more focus on that branding and on that being colorful, being attractive, being something people would see it and go, oh, what is that, yeah. that that made a big difference. And I think that that happens across all social media, because obviously we're competing with millions of people doing, and you're right, that is the advantage that a designer has in that environment. And I think that designers don't utilize that enough, that they have that advantage. Right. What do you see on Pinterest that other designers are doing that kind of catches your eye? What, it, in terms of their design? Yeah, in terms of their design or in terms of their content, like what what makes you say, okay, I'm on Pinterest and there's a fellow designer that posted something or pinned something. What makes you say, hey, I'm interested in that? Is it the content? Is it the imagery? Yeah, I mean, what's what I just love is that you get to you get to know people on Pinterest by the style, by the branding on their pins, by the style. So, uh, people that really know what they're doing. You can look at their pin, you know who's who it's from. And so okay. that's, I mean, that's the power of branding anyway, right? right? Right, So I've heard I've heard this advice that you should just design a whole bunch of different designs and throw them up and see what gets you the most traffic. But I don't take that approach because I really feel like there's driving traffic just to get traffic and then there's building a brand. So I want people to start to remember me. And so designers really get that on Pinterest. So you click through to their website and they've got really helpful content. A lot of them have YouTube channels. I mean, this, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there just doing so many amazing things. So they're, they're either making great content on YouTube or on their blogs and they're marketing that on Pinterest. And it's, it's, to me, it's brilliant. And then, and then when you get to understand their brand style, like, oh, you know, the green and that logo and that font, you know, that's that person and you begin to trust them. That's, that's branding. Right. So So, it's, it's really cool. So when they're doing a YouTube channel, are they just taking a screenshot of the video or are they coming up with a graphic that's could I because I know one of the things with YouTube is obviously having a really strong thumbnail can attract people and I think it's the same right. it's the same concept with with uh, Pinterest so are they taking that thumbnail which is horizontal and reformatting that in a way that works with Pinterest so that it's the same style or are they coming up with some okay are they coming up with something that's different to say hey like yeah, this is what this is about. Something that looks like it's aligned, right? So the okay. same colors, the same logos. Sometimes people put, and I love it when they do that. They put, you know, like little mock-ups of, you know, a computer with the video, or yeah, that you yeah. know, there's all different kind of creative things that you can do. And okay. I do really like it when people put their face on things. I haven't done that yet because I don't have any good photography. <laughs> but I think if you put your, you know, not uh, not stock photography, but if you have your own, you know your own face on your pins. You visible as well as you, right. like, cause you are your brand a lot of times. I think that's the thing. Again, a lot of designers right. hide behind their graphics and forget. Totally. That they, yeah. They're the, they're the brand as much as their business in front of it. 
Um, it's so true. Sounds like a lot of the same rules for designers apply to, to all of these different social medias. Because I've talked to people about Instagram and a lot of the same correlations between them are put yourself out there, make sure your graphics are attractive, make sure your right. content. That's right. But, but I think the thing that Instagram doesn't have that Pinterest does is the very, very easy way to link through to your content. That's the thing is that Instagram is not the place to go if you want traffic. Right, right. If you want traffic, if you are doing content marketing, Pinterest is a fantastic channel. It works faster than Google. Okay. And I can tell you that my Pinterest traffic, if I, and I do pretty well on Google. I've got a lot of blog posts now ranking number one for keywords I've optimized for. I get search traffic regularly. I'm on social media every day. Pinterest, I get more traffic than Google, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of them combined. Combine wow. them all up, Pinterest still beats it. Now, I'm just telling you it's the best kept secret. You can, you know, you can take my word for it and not <laughs> get more traffic for me if you don't want to try it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. Now, I gotta ask the question because I know there's gonna be a lot of people that think this and there's still this this thing that's going around that Pinterest is for women. So what is what is your thought process on that? Like there's still that misconception, I think, that a lot of male designers or a lot of male business people are like, oh, Pinterest is where women go to post things. So what's your thoughts? I don't know what the stats are. Like, It definitely still skews women, but it's not like there's a lot of men on there too. I, I don't know what the statistics are, but it does skew women and it does skew younger. But that okay. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean your audience isn't still there. Right. I see, right. I see a lot of men, male marketers, you know, doing their thing on they get it okay that's because that's right? always been a thing that it like you said it was always thought of as the diy the crafts right. the cooking the baking and stuff like that and it was all like you said skewed towards women and i think it's interesting that we're now seeing more and more male marketers realize that whether they're marketing to those women or or trying to gain that from pinterest but they're realizing that that's there. And I do think it's interesting yeah. that you, you find that it's a younger audience. Well, I was just seeing that research somewhere. I, I, I don't have it handy, but I, I did see, I saw some kind of message from Pinterest that they did some research and it does skew younger, but um, that's I think interesting. A lot, I mean, so does Instagram. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is that Pinterest has been around for a while and it doesn't seem like, it's had that age up problem where Facebook has that age up problem where most of the people on Facebook now are between 60 and 40. Yeah. The people on Instagram are like teens to 30. Right. That'll eventually age up. And then whatever yeah. the next thing is, God knows what that's going to be. But like Snapchat is a younger audience, but eventually that, and that has pushed up as well. You're starting to see more people in their twenties and thirties using Snapchat for business thing. I, I've played with it and I, I can't figure it out. I think it's just, it's one of those things that's just, and, and I think Instagram keeps eating their lunch by stealing features and stuff. And I think that's why. When I look at my Google analytics, my demographics are, you know, from 25 to on up. It's yeah. not it's not just younger people. It's not older, just older people. It's kind of a, a really broad range. So I would say I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I don't worry about that. Well, yeah, because business is business. If you've got right. a, a young entrepreneur that wants to work with you or you've got somebody that's a seasoned business person that wants to work say, with you, yeah. as well as they're, if they're going to pay what you feel your worth and they're willing to do that and they want to work with you it doesn't matter what the age group is i just i think it's interesting that to me the big thing that attracts me to say okay i need to really look at this is i spend a a bit of focus on facebook and instagram for this podcast specifically Uh the biggest thing that drives me nuts about instagram is i get a lot of traffic to the instagram post but they have to take that extra step to go to the profile, to go to the podcast. Where with Pinterest, I could take that same in- imagery that I've kind of worked on to, to be a little bit branded 
put it on Pinterest and it's a one-click step to get to my podcast as opposed to that extra step. I will just say, too, that it's not like Twitter in that it doesn't – so on Twitter, you can broadcast. So if you drop a podcast on Monday, you can tweet that out 10 times on Monday. But with Pinterest, it can take a minute to get traction on that pin. So it all depends on how many people are clicking it, you know, saving it, repinning it. And then it'll start showing up in that smart feed. You can promote the pins if you need it to appear faster. So I, so it's more evergreen traffic. Okay. Which is what you really want. And that is what you want. So you can put all your past episodes up there. You want to make sure that the top, you would, you would want to put the topic of each podcast, not just episode 173, but you would say, right. So you want to entice people. This is a topic. If you're interested in it, click through. You know, that sort of thing. And then search optimize it with all your keywords. And then, yeah, so that's how that you get started. And you want to do a business account, which is different than the personal account. So so do you so do you use Pinterest mostly as a business account? One hundred percent as a business wow. account. Okay. So all my all my recipes and my <laughs> fashion ideas. So what I did is I I made them all secret boards. So you can have archived boards, secret boards, but what is visible to the public now is our pins that I have curated for my audience. So I am using my Pinterest account for people that, you know, are in my audience so they can come and see what I'm about, the topics that I, you know, write about and the topics I'm interested in. And so when you land on my page, it'll say branding, online marketing, websites, design, right? So people can look at that and then they'll say, oh, that's, I'm interested in those things. I'm going to follow her. And, and so you may have a topic that you wrote about on your site that you might pin somebody else's that has relative information or relevant information yeah. to what yeah. you posted about as well to kind of help your audience say, okay, yeah, I appreciate you reading my stuff, but here's maybe something else that is just as relevant to what I was talking about or maybe an extension of what I was talking about. And you're helping promote other people that do yeah. similar stuff that you do. And that is sort of like the weird social aspect of it is that I do pin a lot of high quality. So to be seen as a high quality pinner is what you're shooting for because then you will be rewarded in the feed, right? Okay. So that's how the algorithm works. And part of that is sharing high quality content that other people have created. I have only written, I don't know how many blog posts, 60, 70 blog posts. I don't have 3000 blog posts. So I'm going to have to fill that up. You know, part of it is just staying active on the platform. So I have learned where that, you know, what is high quality content, what to be sharing. And that definitely helps you to get visible. So you do end up, you know, helping your competitors, but they help you too. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's a misconception about some of the stuff that happens on social media that people are right that they think well i can't promote somebody else because they might get a customer that would have been mine and it's like no if anything you're telling your customer that i understand this stuff here's other people that understand it and i read these people because i want to understand it deeper than maybe i necessarily wrote about it and i think there's this misconception that it's like I'm the only one that knows anything and I can't share anybody else's <laughs> stuff. But it's like, that's not like you got it from somewhere. You learned it from somewhere. So you're right. I can imagine that having that high quality, those high quality pins are going to really help people realize that. Cause I can, I can imagine you go to a page or, or a Pinterest page and all it is is your content. They're going to be like, well, okay. Yeah. Like why should I trust this person? They're being very selfish and very walled off that they're not helping me with anything else. And you think about it from an SEO sort of standpoint too. So in SEO, as we think about it, like with Google, we want to be associated with great websites that have great content, great domain authority. We want those links back. We want to, you know, so that's sort of the rationale there too, I think, is that if you're associate, if you're giving, you know, feeding Pinterest high quality stuff, 
then you're rewarded. Right. Right? So then well, your content is more likely to be seen. I think that's something I find very much the opposite on Facebook. That if you're pushing people away, from, first of all, if you're pushing them away from Facebook, Facebook's going to penalize you. So if you're sending them off, yeah, if you're sending them off the page, off to another site, even your own site, I think that's something I've had to teach some of my clients. Write more content on Facebook. On the Don't, platform. Yeah, on the I've platform. I've been doing that a lot lately, yeah. But even if I share your stuff, I don't see the traction as much as if I share something that I wrote. It's really strange that they're, they, they seem to keep you very boxed into your own content. And I find it very difficult to get any traction with it. So it's interesting that Pinterest is very much the opposite of that. They want yeah. you to promote other people. They want you to build that community. So that that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm very interested to get on there again, especially on the business side. And I, and I like the fact that you're like, well, I still use it for personal stuff. I just hide that stuff so that, <laughs> which I think is great. So you still have you still have your recipes. <laughs> yeah, they're still there. But you can also have a you know a separate account if you're really you know I think if you're if you're a Pinterest user and you have never thought about using it for your business, I would probably just start a new account. Okay. Yeah. And you definitely want to set it up for business because you will get analytics, which are you know I always preach that that's where the magic is, right? Right. Well, that's where you find out what works. Exactly. And what's interesting is that you can't always know what's working when you're putting stuff out there. Unless you have those analytics. And sometimes Google does, you know, Google Analytics isn't really giving you, you know, enough. And Pinterest makes that happen fast. So I can put pins up. And I can find out if a pin goes viral, if a pin really takes off, then I go, hmm, somebody liked that. I'm going to make more of that. So that's a really good way for you to learn about, you know, what you should be doing. Kind of guides you, which I, and that's been really helpful for me. Well, here's a question. Should I set up separate accounts for Rookie Designer and for Graphic Precision? Uh... Different audiences, right? Yeah, that would yeah definitely. Because obviously, rookie designer is much more geared towards the design community, which is not where my clients come from. For but my design, they're sort of related. They're they're related. So, would I be better off setting up the two accounts and just pinning each other's stuff, even though I have two accounts, oh, or do I set up boards and one board is rookie designer? that's specific to the podcast and maybe I share other podcast stuff or other design, like rookie designer type of stuff, meaning learning tools and stuff like that. Or do I keep them separate accounts? I think that they are related enough that you could do just one. And I think that the fact that you do a podcast is to me, that would only lend authority and credibility to you. If I were a client, Right. Oh, here's this guy. He hosts a podcast. He, he knows about marketing right on. That's my, that's just my gut. And also it's hard to get traction on Pinterest. You don't want to be trying to do it on two different accounts if you don't have to, because it took me a while to really figure it out. You, you kind of have to dig in. And I told you we're doing a masterclass, right? So I'm going to let you know about that. I'm working with this. Um, she's a Pinterest trainer. She's got a course coming out next month. And so we're going to hop on and do some videos to just kind of talk through how to get started. And awesome. she's going to share some of her expertise. And you have any idea about when you think that'll be ready? Well, we're going to start making them tomorrow. So I'm hoping oh, okay. next week is, um, <laughs> I'm an ambitious person. I hope that they'll be ready to go next week. Okay. Um, but I get that. My recommendation in other words is don't just start a Pinterest account and put up some pins. You're going to be disappointed. You really need to like maybe clear a day, find some good resources, dig in. Kind of, kind of learn from other experiences. Yeah. Cause I was just winging it for a long time and nothing, <laughs> nothing came of it. And yeah. I finally, I was this close, Jake. I was like, I hate Pinterest. I'm giving <laughs> up. This is the dumbest thing ever. I couldn't make it work. And then huh. I got so mad that I'm like, okay, I'm taking a day. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's funny.
And, and I, I got think, so mad that I that I just yeah. that so I just wanted to share that experience that just it's not a miracle thing like anything else it's super competitive and there's um an art to it there's some science to it it's like SEO so you have to you know get a foundation first you talk about that in your book that you have to be persistent that you have to put the work in yeah. and we talked about that in that interview that you're, one, the book didn't just come out of thin air. It didn't come out in a day. Right. But your experiences to make that book happen took a while, and it took really changing how you did things, but then right. being patient enough but yet persistent enough to make it happen. But it took a while for that to happen. And I think a lot of designers, including me, and you know this about <laughs> me, I, I am extremely impatient when it comes to I want results. And this podcast is a perfect example is that I've, I've watched it closely since we moved over to fireside.fm. They have great analytics. It gives me a lot of information, but it's all over the place. And it's interesting because looking at the topics, what topics take off, what topics don't take off and how how did I promote it? Did I put money behind it for ads? And so it's interesting looking at it and you're right. You have to do that even somewhere like Pinterest or Instagram. Like I look at the analytics on Instagram to see, okay, how many people are finding this because of hashtags? But yet I don't have any way to track how many people are actually coming from the site from them to me because they don't have that information available because they have to make that oh, extra you don't step. Have that. I have it if I do ads. If I do an ad on face or on Instagram or Facebook, they will tell me how many people click through because there'll be a a clickable link in the ad. The biggest problem with Instagram... Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Unless you you do it with stories, but you have to have a certain number of... You have like 10,000 or something. Yeah, or something like that. (laughs) Again, I I also agree with you. You've got to take the time to really learn the platform. I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on Facebook. I've got an okay handle on Instagram. There's a lot more I could learn with that. Obviously, yeah. I've got no experience with Pinterest, which is why I wanted to talk to you about it. Twitter, I I, I post there. I, I listen and I read stuff there, yeah. but I still don't get it. It's such a fire hose of information. But it does get traction at times. So if you're using it for traffic, I can guarantee you, you if you'll get better results from Pinterest. I don't think... I think that there's just... I think social media is great to be promoting your content, but I don't see heavy traffic from social media. There's just way too much competition. Yeah. What I love Twitter for is networking. Okay. Yeah. I think it's really good to connect with people on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And, so I, but I, I don't get a ton of traffic from it. That's It is interesting. So yeah, I'm definitely going to take a look at Pinterest and, well, I'm sure we'll have another conversation about this because I'm sure I'll have questions. <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate you sharing that experience. And I yeah. look forward to seeing what, what this course is that you come out with and what the videos are. Because like you said, people are a little intimidated to jump on something like that as a business, at a creative, and not really knowing where to start or what to do. So the fact that you have this coming out will be a great tool for people to be able to find out more It's not my course, by the way. It's a, a colleague of mine. But I have learned so much from her, and so I've taken a, a di- another course from her, and we meet, we do masterminds, and I have just I have learned a tremendous amount from her. And so when she announced that she has this Pinterest bootcamp coming out, I thought, okay, I need to sh- share this with my audience too because I know I I was one of the beta testers on it. Okay. And I'm like, if I had had this. A year ago, <laughs> it would have saved me months of my time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, again, that's what you're saying. Take that day, look at, because there's a ton of resources out there. Look at those resources, kind of learn what you think will work, and then be patient with it. And that's try, right. And try yeah, and see try what it. works. And, and you're right. It. Some things won't work, and you'll realize that right right away. And then you say, okay, let's change it and see what works. I think I think designers have such an advantage on that platform. I really do. Yeah, I can totally see that. All right, awesome. Well, let's jump into our rookie recommendations. All right. So what do you have? So I had a different recommendation, but then I just found something. I just noticed something. I was like, what can I bring? And I was looking at my browser extensions, 
Have you ever heard of this extension called Font Face Ninja? No, I have not. Oh my god, it's going to be my new favorite thing ever. So what you do is that it's a Chrome extension. And you know when you're looking at a website and there's just beautiful topography and you're like, I need to know what that is. So you inspect it and you go to the source and you try to figure out what's what in the style sheet. That's what I do when I'm snooping on somebody's topography. Well, you install this extension and all you need to do when you're on a site and you want to see the fonts, you click on it. And then you just hover over it. So so it's called, it's Font Face Ninja, you said? Font Face Ninja. Let me make okay. sure I've got that right. I installed it a while ago, and then, oh, Font Face is one word, like Font Face, and then... And then Dot Ninja, which I think is hilarious that they <laughs> used the Ninja. I did not know there was a Ninja so extension. there's more. Wait, there's more. So you, okay, so you click on the little icon and then you hover over any web page and it's going to show you, you know, Georgia, 18 pixels, 30 pixels, line height. It'll give you the color code. But then you can also, um, you can test drive. There's a little window that pops up. You can test drive it. If it's a free font, say it's a Google font, you can download it right there. Holy cow. If it's um, something that you can buy, it has a buy now button. You don't have to mess around. It goes right to fonts.com, myfonts.com. That's crazy. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I also have to say, I love the way this website works. They've got like this little, um, now, did you, did you pay for this? I don't think so. I, right. I don't even remember installing it, Jake, honestly. I was literally <laughs> sitting here going, what am I going to say for my recommendation? Then I thought, what's that little icon with the ninja? Oh. Oh, you know what? It, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. You know what it's, it's, all right. Now that you explained what it does, I understand with this window. There's a little window that's floating around as I'm browsing the page, and it's telling me how much the fonts are to purchase them. I was like, so do you have to purchase the plugin? Then I looked and said, no. No, 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 no. No, what it's doing is it's making it handy for you to grab the font. Right? I know, the so, window is incredible. It, like, floats yeah. around freaking... But if it's free, you can just... It has the file right there. Just download, boom. You don't have to go to Google Fonts, mess around. It's just right there. That's awesome. So if it's, like, Montserrat or, you know, yeah. it'll just, boom, download it. I know. And it gives you, like, all the details on the styles. And so you can, you know, we all do that. We are oh, yeah. all sneaking on each other's websites, checking out the fonts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is incredible. But I, again, I love the fact that there's a ninja extension. Dot ninja, I know. Yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> all right, so that, that's a great recommendation. That'll be in the show notes. Yay. So my, my recommendation, and I actually sent this to Tani as well. If you're at all interested in podcasting, and wanting to do podcasting, aren't really sure where to get started. I've recommended Creative Live in the in the past. I love Creative Live. I love what Chase has done. Chase Jarvis is one of the founding members of Creative Live. I love what he's done with the idea of online education for creatives. This is they're actually doing their live broadcast, free live broadcast between September 10th and 14th for podcasting week 2018. And so what happens is you do have to catch it live. So you do have to kind of figure out what the schedule is and be there when they're doing it live. But they're also heavily discounting the class. Like the class is normally $735. They've got it discounted 73% right now to $200. But during this free broadcast week, you can actually see it during that week for free. You just have to catch it when it's on their schedule. So you can actually RSVP and they will send you an email that says, hey, we have this class coming up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And if you have the time, you kind of set that aside. So it's if you're interested at all in doing like podcasting or anything like that, I highly recommend you check this out. I'm going to try to catch some of the classes during that. And it's from September 10th to September 14th. Yeah, those they look amazing too. Yeah. So I will put that link in the show notes as well. 
And again, the show notes are at rookiedesigner.com slash RD173. This is 173. I'm sure I got that right this time. So we'll have the links to those. We will also have a link to Tawny's book in the show notes. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this while Carl is away. Oh, I love doing it. You know I love coming on. Anytime. Yes, and we will definitely have you on again. Um, we've got some stuff we've talked about doing in the future that you could be more involved with the podcast. So cool. we'll definitely talk some more with that. Um, Carl's now married. A Yay. crazy guy. He got married uh, <laughs> a, a, about a week ago. Actually, a week ago. Today he got married. Um, he's wandering around Scotland right now with his wife. So they've been uh, having a blast. So I look forward to... So excited for them. Yeah. Next week's going to be fun to talk to him about all the crazy things they got to do. So uh, thank you again for being on. I really appreciate oh, thanks it. Thanks for having We're, me. Where's the best place that people can connect with you? So you can always find me um, at EndeavorCreative.com, which is spelled the American way, E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R, creative.com. Yeah, that's probably the the best way, because if I start trying to spell my name. Okay. Yes, yes. You have a crazy last name now. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the best place to find You can find all your social links yeah, there, Yeah, come I'm to sure. my website and check out the blog. And a, yeah. a lot of the stuff I write about is for people like us and how to get visible online and all that good stuff. So Awesome, awesome. I will definitely put a link to that as well on the show notes. If you want to find the show notes, again, it's rookiedesigner.com slash rd173. Also, go to rookiedesigner.com. You can find all the social links for where we are on Facebook, Twitter, and other places, and hopefully you'll find stuff on Inst- or on Pinterest from us shortly as I go over there and play around. So thanks again, um, and that's our episode for this week. And remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. Mm-hmm.